0: What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? And happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are great. David Ingber joining me. We're going to have crack a little bit later. We're going to talk the three games on Thanksgiving. We're going to do a little bit of preview on Sunday, but fair warning. We are recording this earlier in the week because, well, Ingber and I are the main chefs in our household, and if we're not there to cook, we don't know what's going to happen. Ingber, before we get going, what is your Thanksgiving dish to die for?
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of the YouTube channel Binging with Babish, and he did an entire special on his favorite side dishes and some crazy ideas that he's got. And he did this thing with sweet potatoes and ricotta and some uh, all sorts of insanities that I would highly recommend everyone go check out. Uh, and it looked just a thousand times better than the standard little yams with marshmallows on the top. This looked like the adult mm. version. Like you're going to sit at the adult table with these sweet potatoes.
0: I knew you'd be a contrarian on what many people believe to be the most traditional of holidays. It's Thanksgiving, I'm torn, because I want to experiment, but at the same point, I want nostalgia on the plate all the time. And you know what? You'll Uh, get that. It's going to be different
1: for a lot. When the world is normal again, and you can eat with, hopefully, knock on wood, 15, 20 family members, go traditional then. This is a very untraditional year. It's a very untraditional holiday that we're celebrating right now.
0: All right, so we we're gonna get into the bets, I promise. But now that Ingber's talking to me about this, this is something that I've been thinking about. When we first started quarantine, I talked about tracking your habits. So that if you want to pick up new habits, you talked about learning a new skill, all that stuff. When does this become normalized to the point where we're gonna have to work really hard mentally to get back to where we were? Because I think everyone's like, "Oh, it's open now," and I'm like, "Hey, guys." We've just conditioned ourselves for the last year to live a certain way. And if we know how hard it is to change diet habits, sleeping habits, smoking habits, this to me, I'm curious, how hard is it going to be for people to get back? I know this is a little bit deep. It's a betting podcast, but this is where we're starting.
1: Absolutely. It's something I think about all the time Uh, when I am walking with my daughter, Lucy And I've got a stroller and someone else doesn't. I now expect that they're going to get 10 feet out of my way so that I can ride on the sidewalk and that they have to dip into the street. It's going to be strange Mm -hmm. when we have to kind of cram by each other now in the future. Uh, I think the working from home is absolutely the big game changer that's happened. There are a lot of people that say, hey... I'm really productive super early in the morning. I don't know why I have to wait until 9 a.m. to start my work. There's a lot of people that say, I'm super productive at 11 p.m. I don't know why I have to stop work at 6 p.m. There's a lot of people that are discovering things about themselves that they never had the opportunity to discover. And now that they're seeing it, and they've been doing it successfully in many cases.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm seeing the other side. I'm seeing it's hard for people to get shit done because they're around distractions and the comfy couch and all the the stuff that's right. But I'm uh, the reason I'm just bringing this up right now is uh, I'm not going to segue this into how we got very conditioned to betting overs and you need to work to transition out of it. I'm not going <laughs> to make that segue. I am just saying to all of the 33% out there, uh, take a look at your daily right now. Think about what it was before and then construct what is that perfect daily and start working on it now. And the reason I'm saying that is as it's getting colder and people are willing, to, not willing to go outside as much, your routines are going to get super hard. Now's the time to, to work on that routine. I have a lamp and I can change the color temperature, Ingber, and I've been filling my apartment recently with some orange and yellow lights. And I'll be honest, it's bringing some joy. It's bringing some joy.
1: I'm really working on making sure that my daughter is not in pajamas during the PM part of the day that I really want to get her into regular clothes by 10 or 11 a.m. uh, Because even if we're not going anywhere, even if we're actually not even leaving the house, I just need her to be in the habit of you wake up, you take your pajamas off, you start your day, you put on real clothes.
0: And that will be a difference this year as you watch Thanksgiving football. You're not going to be in an itchy sweater with some (laughs) pleated slacks over there fighting to see the game while your Aunt Melba tries to put on the Macy's Day parade. No, you're likely going to be exactly where you've been the last nine months in your jammies eating a biscuit, and watching Texans-Lions. Oh, baby. There are three games on Thanksgiving, Texans-Lions, Washington football team Cowboys, Raven-Steelers as the nightcap. But we want to start off today. It's very untraditional already, but we're going to do some trivia. And nobody knows trivia like David Ingber. The G stands for trivia.
1: Great. Uh, there is a G nestled into the middle of my last name. Sure. Um, these are three trivia questions that I came up as I was just looking looking through some analytics for the gambling from last week to this week, some gambling stuff. And uh, so, some names popped up that I thought you'd enjoy. So the first question, okay. the Lions were shut out this week for the first time since 2009. Matthew Stafford has never been shut out in his entire career. Who was their quarterback when they were shut out in 2009?
0: I'm going to go with Dan Orlovsky. Great
1: guess, though. It starts with a D, though. His first name starts with a D.
0: I had totally Um, forgotten that
1: he was on the Lions.
0: 2009. Uh, Okay, I'm thinking of the former. Not Charlie Batch. Uh, It's not John Kitna. It starts with a D. This guy's most
1: famous for throwing bombs to Randy Moss early in his career.
0: Dante Pepper <laughs> on the Lions in 2009 rolling up for the first down? Wow. He went 0-5 at the start that, that year. Guy. Incredible. Still one of the greatest what-ifs in, in NFL history is what happens if the Dolphins sign Drew Brees and not Dante Culpepper?
1: Uh, Next up, Justin Herbert. I know he's having an incredible year, but this number really put things in perspective for me. He is on pace for 37 passing touchdowns as a rookie in 15 games, which would absolutely obliterate the current record of 27 passing touchdowns by a rookie. Who holds that record?
0: Okay. Okay. I think it is Peyton. It is not
1: he broke Peyton. Manning. Then
0: let me yeah. guess again. Okay, 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 okay. Then this is recently, and it's not Mahomes because Mahomes's first right. year was that. It's not Lamar because none of those first year quarterbacks. This is a ridiculous. It's not Baker. It is Baker is it? in thirteen wow. games. Wow,
1: twenty-seven passing touchdowns in thirteen games. The man was just chucking.
0: I think. I think. We really need to remember how great Baker was his rookie year, and how he went down against the Ravens and pretty much won them the game to put them into playoff contention. But they lost because of some tiebreakers and all of that stuff. But it's a it's a great reminder. It's very odd. I read the Daily Stoic every morning, and today it said, "Train to let go of what's not yours." And it's like, hey, just because you've had something in the past. It's, it doesn't belong to you. You can lose it. And I, it's f- interesting when I think about Baker. I think about Drew Locke. I think about these people that were deemed next. And, and that title sometimes can loom very large and it, it almost can, can knock you down as we're seeing with like Carson Wentz right now. But wow. He was so, man, I forgot he broke Peyton Manning's record. That's why. Uh,
1: 27, and again, in only 13 games, that's really amazing. And you you look at someone like Joe Burrow, who I feel like we were as excited for Joe Burrow's rookie season as we have been for almost any rookie quarterback since like Andrew Uh, Luck. His over-under for touchdowns this year was 21 and a half, right? Like 27 is a really incredible feat. So the fact that Justin Herbert has an outside chance of hitting 40, Says everything you need to know.
0: Yeah, what's he at right now? Uh, I
1: actually only saw the on pace records. I let me let me look up his stats real Oops, quick. Sorry, um, his his on pace stats are actually like truly nuts. Currently, uh, he's on pace, by the way, to break Andrew Luck's most passing yards in a season. He's on pace for forty five hundred oh. yards passing. Um, he would break the record for most touchdowns, thirty seven, and he would also break Dak Prescott's record for sixty eight percent passing completions
0: m mm, that's crazy. And also, I just want to say one thing about Justin Herbert. This is a reminder for everybody. He just played the Jets. And the only reason I'm saying that is there have been a number of quarterbacks this year that have had out- otherworldly performances against the Jets, which have started a lot of hype train. So that's the one thing I want to say. But do you have his touchdowns where he's yeah, at he right now? Yeah, he has 22
1: touchdowns against six picks. He also has three more touchdowns on the ground. Wow. Uh, almost 200 yards rushing on the ground in nine games.
0: And listen, guys, you heard it here first from both of us. Absolute idiots. Back in like week three, when Joe Burrow was the resounding favorite for NFL MVP, we both sat here and said, hey, we think there's value right now in Justin Herbert. And I, I'm i not, a, listen, we take no joy of Joe Burrow. I'm going to be very honest. I think he was going to beat Joe Burrow, even if Joe Burrow was healthy. That's how good I think Justin Herbert is playing. I think it's not even – I think that even when Joe Burrow was healthy, Justin Herbert looked like the real quarterback to bet on in this mm-hmm. class. All right. So you have one more trivia question. Do. Okay. So the
1: Steelers have now gone 10-0. This has happened nine times since the year 2000. The Patriots and Colts mm. each did it twice. Who else has done really? it? There are four other teams that have gone at least 10-0. <laughs>
0: Man, Patriots and Colts have done it twice. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were just absolutely special. Okay, so since two thousand, I have ten, I have not. Okay, I actually think I know this one because of my former partner, Chris Sims, and the Tennessee Titans. That's right, I believe that was the one that I one never time. would
1: have remembered. Two thousand eight. Yes,
0: I only know that one because that was the CJ two K year, and Sims talked about right. it often. I'm gonna say that the Packers started off ten 10 0 when they finished 15 and 1. 13
1: 0 and then they lost.
0: Wow. Okay. So I have two left. Teams that started off absolutely gangbusters. I think my Eagles started nine and one. I don't think they started 10 and
1: 0.
0: I'm gonna say that the Seahawks started 10 and 0 one year. No. no. The Ravens?
1: No, it's one quarterback. He's a legend. This is his only Super Bowl year.
0: Oh. Oh, he's a oh, legend. Yeah. And it's his only Super Bowl year. Hold on. Give me a one second.
1: Damn. He's still playing, although he's injured.
0: People at home right now are yelling into their headphones. They're freaking out. Um, I am going to say that the man, the last 20 years, did the Chargers do it with Philip Rivers?
1: I don't think Philip Rivers ever made a Super Bowl either.
0: Oh, shoot. I'm an idiot. Um.
1: It's sitting there right for you. This All is right. not a, a like a deep cut. Drew
0: Brees and the New Orleans Saints. 2009.
1: Okay. They went 13-3 and three and won the Super Bowl. They beat Peyton Manning.
0: And then my other guest would be, did, did one of the Rams teams in 2000 or 2001? No, this is
1: actually more recent. This was 2015.
0: The Atlanta Falcons. No. Carolina Panthers. Panthers. It was the Cam Newton. Golly! Senior. So, so it was Brady twice, Manning twice, Cam Newton once, Drew Brees once, Aaron Rodgers once, and the Tennessee right. Titans.
1: It's a wow. pretty interesting lineup. It was just sort of like an interesting
0: look What back. do you think of the fact that it's happened almost 50% of the time? That almost every other year, we have a team that starts off 10-0? and 0? Uh,
1: Well, it's interesting that in t- 2009, there were two teams that did it, the Colts and the Saints, who met in the Super Bowl. And then... In 2015, wow. it was the Patriots and the Panthers that both went 10 and 0. I don't know. I mm. I, I don't I don't take too much stock in like uh, statistical oddities like that because almost every year we have a team that wins 13 or 14 games. So whether those wins are bunched at the very beginning of the season or the very end of the season, you know, if you go yeah. 0 and 3 and then win 13 in a row, it's still just as impressive if you go 13 and 0 and then lose three games.
0: That's what I was going to say. In no more league, I mean, the NFL, the NBA gets like this too, but I feel like the NFL, it's like clearly broken up into quadrants and certain teams really perform best in certain parts of the year. And I I don't know about you, I'm watching the Tampa Bay um, Rams game on Monday night and I went and they were talking about a postgame home field advantage genuinely means nothing this year, except in my mind for one aspect. And it's something that I've seen with the Cleveland Browns the last two weeks, which is weather. And that's the aspect that I think is is most fascinating to me is when I look at the NFC, uh, if it's in a dome, like that's it's huge for Drew Brees, and it's really big for the Saints. And it's big for Tom Brady, I think, too, because I feel like he plays better in a dome. But if Green Bay were to somehow steal home field advantage, that's a huge deal. I think in the AFC, if the Steelers get home field advantage, like I know that that Mahomes has had experience playing, but that changes the entire feel of the playoffs in my mind. But I'm just watching that game last night, and I'm watching the the Bucks like having no juice at home late, and you just you go. It's going to be a very weird playoffs. Uh, I'm just curious how it impacts. these. Well, games.
1: any Patriots fan thinks back to the 16 and O year and says, man, I kind of wish we had lost that Ravens game or we had lost the Giants game at the end of the season. And the reason why is because they were going for 16 and O for no reason. They had the number one seed locked mm. up. Whereas if there had been a team that was right behind them, that was 15 and one, and they had to win that 16th game the karma wouldn't have been so bad in the Super Bowl when they ended up losing. It's like they went to...
0: Oh, you think it was all karma They went, they
1: went for 16-0 and 0 for vanity reasons. You know, they didn't go for it because they had to in order to lock up home field advantage. So I think the Steelers fans, if you want to go 16-0, and 0, you have to hope that the Chiefs keep winning and push you so that you need to beat the Browns in your Week 17 game.
0: Mm, man. It... This- I cannot stop looking at this Thursday night game, Ravens-Steelers, because I think it's so darn entertaining. I do want to say, though, that I'm very excited that we get to watch Deshaun Watson at 1230 on Thanksgiving Day in a dome against a team that is falling apart. There are so many years in which I put on Thanksgiving football, and it is Matt Stafford versus Jay Cutler it is Matt Stafford versus Mitchell Trubisky. And it's the one good game of Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson goes for like 10 for 120. But the fact that the Detroit Lions just lost to a Carolina Panthers team, 20 to nothing, to a quarterback who was just in the XFL, who threw two interceptions in the end zone and they still lost 20 to nothing. And Deshaun Watson now is coming to town after just single-handedly beating the Patriots. You know how we talked about on Monday's podcast where we said Deshaun Watson needs a lot more respect? These are those island games when new narratives are born. And so what I believe what's going to happen on Thursday is Deshaun Watson is going to put on such a performance with no other game on that. It's all we're going to talk about even after these next two games. That's how good I think Deshaun Watson is going to be. How many
1: points game. would they have to win by for the Texans to just take the Lions Thanksgiving spot where the Texans, if they win 59, nothing now, they're the, they're the Thanksgiving team now,
0: you know, it's, Part of the, that's part of the reason why, though I think Barry Sanders is so. I mean, look, Barry Sanders is a top three running back of, of all time. But the fact that every Thanksgiving it was Barry Sanders in those blue in jerseys with the silver helmets, and it was the entire Green Bay Packers and this like force with Brett Favre and Reggie White, and then just Barry Sanders. It added to his legacy of like one versus all. That's going to be a very exciting game on Thursday. I just. Matt Stafford and his hand and all that stuff is going to be Absolutely. tough.
1: a couple of Thanksgiving. Did oh yeah, you have?
0: On. Yeah, please. A couple please, of Thanksgiving
1: please. notes that I found. Um, there's obviously there's there's all sorts of gambling stuff that's up in the air. I'm sure the lines will move before Thursday, but we wanted to get this podcast to yes, the people sir. before Thursday. Um, since 2016, this is from the Action Network. Favored teams have gone 11 and one straight up and nine and three against the spread. So reasonably chalky. Yeah, wow. I thought that was a pretty alarming stat. Now this year though, we've got a couple of favored teams that are not necessarily gangbusters teams. The Texans are favored and the Cowboys are favored. Dallas is two and eight against the spread and the Texans are three and seven against the spread. So I just thought that was an interesting, interesting thing to, interesting. to focus on before the games.
0: And just some injury notes on this one as we're recording this on Tuesday, DeAndre Swift still in concussion protocol. I thought it was a really cool gesture that Adrian Peterson said that as soon as he saw DeAndre Swift, he was like, give him some of my carries because Adrian Peterson, I feel like these last few years is being painted as a guy that won't late leave the game, but he's respecting the younger dude and I appreciate that. Uh, Jeff Okuda left Sunday's game with a shoulder injury. uh, And also Danny Amendola and defensive tackle Deshaun Hand did not practice. Kenny Holiday still questionable with the hip. And Matt Stafford, again, they put up zero points against the Carolina Panthers defense that allowed 40-something points to Tampa Bay the week before. The same Tampa Bay that couldn't even score a point in the second half Monday night. Uh, And then on the Houston Texans side, Randall Cobb, still very questionable. Laramie Tunsil did not practice on Monday. I just think in the end, you tell me that statistic about favorites on Thanksgiving, but also there are two coaches that are still in the NFL that I don't know how they're still there. And it's Patricia and it's Adam Gase. And I think that when you're getting your guys ready on a short week, really getting that team together is what it's going to need to be and for me for Romeo Cornell and Deshaun Watson to be coming off a Patriots win and the Lions looking desperate with zero hope zero hope i think the i think the texans win this one comfortably i think this is a i think this is a 7 to 10 point win uh for the the texans sign me up uh, and also, I just had coffee, so don't don't trust it too.
1: Currently, much. the Texans are favored by three on the road uh, with an over/under of fifty-one. I do feel like just this is anecdotal, but I do feel like a lot of Lions games there were just points put up um, on those th- that Thanksgiving morning where it was just like a, a, a few, like someone burst through the line. Maybe again, it's just Barry Sanders blinders, but someone just burst through the line for a seventy-five-yard yes. touchdown.
0: Oh, I mean, look, it's all. uh, Remember, this is the same Lions team last year that everybody on Thanksgiving was excited about which NFL quarterback will do a trivia game. I believe it was his one and only start. His last name is not pronounced like it's spelled. Oh, God. His first name is the same as your first name. Oh, Blau? David Blau. (laughs) You're absolutely right. This was the birth of David Blau. Remember, first play of the game, through that, maybe like the first drive of the game, threw like a 70-yard touchdown. And then here comes, I think it was Chase Daniel with the comeback. Uh, Washington-Dallas. This is really a huge game in the NFC East. Th- this is the most
1: competitive division by far. Everyone, every single one of the four teams could absolutely win this division. There's no other division that can remotely say that.
0: I I think that everyone got a lot of hope Uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys backer. Because Amari Cooper is still Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb is still C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup's still there. Zeke, you see all the weapons. And my fear for the Cowboys has always been, there's no hope for their offensive line. None of these guys are coming back. But we've seen this before, where if an offensive line is together for about four or five weeks, there's a reason why the only position that moves a Vegas line is the quarterback. All of these other guys. Yes. Can you be exceptional? Yes. But if the Cowboys can provide some time and, and Annie Dalton can get the ball out of his hands, the Bengals showed before Joe Burrow's injury, that that's the way that you negate this Washington football team. They are all pass rush and nothing else. So if they can just get the ball out to, to the CD lambs, of the world, I think they can have success, but I'll tell you what, Alex Smith is an Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. I, I, I'm going Cowboys here. I'm curious which way you're leaning here. I feel like the Cowboys woke up against the Vikings, and I think they're, they're, I, I, they feel like the team of destiny for the NFC East to me right This now.
1: was a stat that sort of shook me to my core. As, as a new NFC East fan guy, uh, since I'm, I'm pretty new to the Eagles here, this, this is something that you might be more familiar with than I am. Dallas has won 19 of its last 24 games against Washington. That is ownership. That is a deed to the house. That is full on, like we are living in your head type of stats.
0: So, if you don't know the NFC East, uh, not factoring in a game or two here, for the last decade, Dallas has owned Washington, Philly has owned Mm. the Giants, the Giants have owned Washington, and the Giants and Cowboys play to a 20 to 17 game every time they play, seemingly alternating who wins the game. That is every NFC East game for the last decade. I know Gabe is here. If Gabe wants to put on his mic and just confirm that really <laughs> quick, that's just what the NFC East has felt like to me for a decade.
1: It is funny how these divisions, they get these identities. Like I remember when the the Steelers and Ravens, every game was exactly three points for like four straight years. It was 24-21, then it was 2017, then it was 17-14.
0: Do you remember that Andrew Luck didn't lose to the Tennessee yeah. Titans for his entire career? I love these
1: things or oh, the fact that Brady can't win in yeah. Miami, like under five hundred in Miami for his career—just incredible things like that just happen within divisions. So wonky.
0: The Kansas City Chiefs own every other team in their yeah, division. Well, that was more, explainable. more recent. Man, uh, I'm going to go. I do think though that Dallas Washington Thanksgiving games are always close. It usually comes down to what seems like Washington turnovers. There was the one game where man, who was the Texas, the Texas quarterback. He actually was a backup on Washington. Um, he, he won a national championship, smaller guy. Damn. This is the worst podcast. Uh, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy. Remember, one time went into Dallas and beat him, and it was like, oh, the Texas Sun comes home. I like Dallas in that game a lot. It's the Thursday night game, though, that I can't stop thinking about, and it's Ravens Steelers. It is the Ravens who seem to be in free fall right now, at six and four. They're two and one in the division. Pittsburgh is ten and zero. It's a short week, and I just I want to say, let me let me lay out a perfect scenario for how the Steelers win this game, their The running backs go for, I don't know, 200 yards. The They control time of possession. They jump out to, let's say, like a 10-point lead early. They outrush the Steelers by 200 yards, um, and they're able to hold on to the win. And they, they win time of possession by 11 minutes. And here's the problem. That's exactly what the Ravens did three or four weeks ago against these Steelers and lost that game. They outran the Steelers by 217 yards. They ended up leading that game 17 to seven, even after the Steelers started that game with a right. pick six. They had the lead late. They won time of possession 35 to 24. The difference in that game. They had four turnovers, and the Steelers had one. What's scarier about that game, the leading rusher for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins, not playing. Mark Ingram, not playing. I have a lot of faith in Gus Edwards. I really do. But this Steelers defense, as soon as it knows that you're leaning on something, takes it away. It attacks it. Teams seem to have success very early on against the Steelers. James Robinson had a lot of success early on. A lot of these offensive half. But I just do not see. What is the line in this game? I do not see Lamar Jackson pulling off a miracle here. Currently
1: a four and a half point line. Uh, the Ravens are currently nine and one against the spread in their last 10 games as underdogs and I think you throw spreads almost out the window when it happens to be Raven Steelers. These teams just know each other so yes. well. And I'd be interested, uh, just because Crack is now joining us in the lobby of our Zoom here, I'd be interested to hear.
0: Yeah, let's bring them on. Let's bring him yeah, on.
1: I, I, have, I have a question for Crack about uh, the, way, the way they set these lines because, as we know, they bake everything into a line. They bake into the line You're that it's coming right. off a buy. They bake into that it's a Thursday game. They bake in injuries, all these things. I have a question for him about, uh, about the Raven Steelers here.
0: Listen, you know what? What you said about Thanksgiving favorites rings true to Thursday night football. Thursday night favorites have been holding strong as well. It's something about the short week. The better team usually holds on to win in the yeah. short week. It's 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 a runover, but the way that Baltimore's beat up right now, Pittsburgh's coming in the much healthier team and um and the fact that they allowed 250 yards rushing last time, you, you, you have to look for what those motivations are. So if they come in and they go, we're going to sell out to stop the run, it's all on Lamar now. And I just don't have faith in that at all. I think four and a half isn't even, I mean, yeah, you're right. I have a lot of questions for crack on this one. So is, is he coming on? Oh, he's here. Crack. Daddy. He's the crack. Daddy crack. We're bringing you right in the middle of our conversation. Ingber and I were talking about Steelers Ravens. I'm talking about the desperate Ravens team that is now six and four. I'm talking about the Steelers team that is 10 and zero, and that faced This Ravens team was down double digits, allowed 250 rushing yards and still beat this Ravens team. And I like the Steelers here clearly, but Ingber has a question about the line. Go for it. Ingber.
1: So crack, you mentioned, uh, couple of times on this podcast about how Vegas will bake things into the line, whether it's the some team coming off of a bye or, uh, you know, some team has a, a, an injury risk or now with COVID obviously is going to get baked into the line. And I was wondering something that we talk about as fans is this team needs the win, whereas the other team doesn't. You know, the, the Steelers don't actually need to win this game. They're still going to be in the driver's seat for a great playoff seat. I really feel like the Ravens need to win this game because if they're six and five, they might be out of the playoffs like before you know it. So I was wondering, is that sort of thing baked into the line with a four and a half point line between the Steelers? It's
2: and the a fantastic question, and I'll tell you right now, this is a weird situation. This line actually, for the second it came out, opened up two and a half. And quickly after the COVID, uh, you know, obviously there's some questionable COVID injuries inside the locker room of uh, Baltimore. Matter of fact, I checked right before we came on air. I mean, Don, one of these line services I use that I pay for a lot of money every month, they said something I didn't like at all. Right now, this game is going to be – looks like it will be played. But, however, uh, some of the sports books are – I'm reading it right from the site. This game looks like it is going to be played right now. However, full limits will not be available – Till day of the game for most sportsbooks, so it looks mm. like it's going to be played. You have to understand this is this is the a very unique unique situation here. Uh, they don't know who's even out with COVID or who has COVID or how bad it is.
0: Right. We just know the two running backs right, right now, right. Mark Ingram and uh, J.K. But Downs.
2: Ingram brings up a great great point. When 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 the public, especially even myself, I see four and a half here. And a lot of sportsbooks out in Vegas, I see four and a half. I'll tell you, wow. This is probably the – I'm going to say it's the number one 10-0 team in the history of the NFL that – Probably isn't as good as ten and zero. I, I like that mm. what
0: I feel. You talking shit this early in the Sorry. morning,
2: crack? Oh, is that is that like your, what you think? Is, is that like your favorite team? Like do you like them better than like these?
0: no 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 no. I just I just want to say like there's a lot of people crowning the Steelers right now, and you came on. One of the first thing you said was they are overrated. Well, well, Let me hear look, it, crack. Break look
2: look it down. at these Super Bowl odds. This is gonna this is unbelievable. You look at the Super Bowl odds to win the Super Bowl. You have Kansas City uh, at three and a half, three to one. You have five teams, literally, that are five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half to one. Pittsburgh's one of them. Pittsburgh's not favorite to win the Super Bowl. They're actually second choice and sometimes third choice among some of the sports books. I have to go by the odds. So the odds are saying that Pittsburgh's not as good as ten low. I'm a. I'm a
0: and, do, and does that make sense to you? Do you agree with that?
2: Uh, yeah, probably. Prob- I, I, it probably does because, you know, you look at the level of the competition. You look at uh, – if Kansas City played Pittsburgh right now, Kansas City would be a three-point favorite, uh, you know, for the Super Bowl. So that's just a hypothesis. I mean, I'm just thinking that sounds like the right line, you know.
0: Um, and, Man, well, the, for the AFC championship game. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm sorry, I think yeah, it's yes, yeah, I'm sorry, also
0: yeah. like – But but I also think crack like it's – I feel like I say this, there's there's always a team that goes on one of these long runs to start a season. And I feel like the entire time people just pick at them the entire time saying that they're overrated. I feel like this has happened multiple times when there is a clear front runner from the beginning and everyone's poking holes in why they're actually not. We that were great. saying
2: that about Chicago. I said it on your show. I, I, I think you may have even I, you may have agreed. Yeah, but that was fucking
0: obvious. Their okay. quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's true.
0: <laughs> this is a team. Like, let's like let's break it down. The reason that the thing that scares me about this Steelers team is that they really don't have a consistent running game. The thing that excites me about this Steelers game is that if I do have to play the Chiefs, I need a team that passes a lot. And so the fact that Ben and those guys are really a predominantly strong passing team and that they have a lot of weapons, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Juju Smith Schuster, Eric Ebron, James Connor, Benny Snell. <coughs> and I think they have a great offensive line and they have a quarterback that's been there. And I would say over anybody in the NFL, the only it's the Steelers defense and then everybody else The saints might be in second place. Now there's only one team that has Patrick Mahomes. But if you're telling me if the saints have to go and play, I know it's in Tampa Bay, so they're not going to have to, but I I don't know who matches up well with the Steelers
2: other than the chiefs. Well, you're a better fan of the game than me. So I'm going to have to Yeah, but the, but you're, but you're following the odds, which is much smarter. And that's the reason going back to Ingram's point. Um, he, he's got a very good point. This really imagine saying it this early in the season, this might be a must win game for Baltimore. Uh, so that's a very interesting point. Uh, it is baked in the line though. Like he said, this opened up, but it did open up the two and a half. I think just based on the COVID, it went to four and a half. And if anything, I probably lean to the dog here. I look forward to watching the game on, uh, I think, I think that's the, What's night the total. Game, so. What's the total? Yep, I got my screen up. Because
0: that's the the thing that interests me the most is this whole must-win thing. There is very few rivalries in the NFL that I think are real rivalries, and the Steelers-Ravens is a real rivalry. And if you think the Steelers are coming in going, we can lose one to Baltimore and keep them alive in the playoff hopes, they're going, we didn't make the playoffs last year, and they beat the shit out of our backup quarterbacks in two straight games. We can end them. We can make the Ravens 6-5 and five and put them up. And the second thing is, I find it very interesting that the Ravens are having to play this game one week after getting pushed around by the Titans. The Titans went into Baltimore and danced on their logo, Derrick Henry carried the L and AJ Brown carried five Ravens defenders in. Their app their their toughness was just questioned and now they're going to their biggest rivalry. I the reason I said total is my initial feeling is this is one of those 20 to this is one of those 20 to 14 games. This is one of those bare knuckle brawl games um, I just I don't know what the weather is right now and I was just saying before earlier came in that to me the weather is the biggest indicator in all these games going forward after what I've seen in Cleveland and and Green Bay the last few weeks is there wind is there weather I, I haven't
2: looked I think like the weather me. looks like it's fine I'm actually on my screen here weather looks like it's fine for Thursday and it looks like it opened up 46 46 and a half you are right this game is as, as uh, actually went down to 45. Uh, so, you know, I like that kind of a score, too. That's That looks like that type of game that it will come out. Uh, to, to. You know, it could come out easily Is like there, that.
0: Do you have a Thanksgiving Day betting strategy?
2: Well, um, you know, I, I bet a lot of proposition bets. I bet a lot of totals. Oh. I actually didn't bet anything, but I look forward to the game. You don't know how I look forward to a game, a, a day like Thursday, because usually only the prime time Games have props up for them, a multiple, multiple tons of props up. However, this day you have three games that are TV games, prime, let's call them primetime ah, games. They're on all day long. Yeah. There's props on all these games. So I'm hitting like literally ridiculously. I don't want to say the percentage, is just too hard to believe, but a ridiculous percentage on props this year. So I look forward to uh to prop hey, that now.
0: Listen, I know that we're recording this on Tuesday, but if this was Thanksgiving. I would expect when you come over to bring a side dish. Instead, you've brought something better, prop bets. Yeah. And I'd like to know, can you sprinkle some crack props that you think we should look at? Is it okay if I ask that? I know this is proprietary it's, it's information early in, in the week
2: right now. I, I, I don't have the numbers up there. However, though, uh, I'll tell you right now, I like betting unders. I'm an under guy. I, 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 there's very an guy. rarely that I've been an over on a proposition bet. Uh, but, but, um, you know, I like betting unders on, 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 these totals, especially for the high total. Now I see only one game, the Houston, Detroit. I'm looking at the lines right now, 51 and a half. So, uh, I like when the public sees marquee games and teams, buzzword teams like Tampa Bay and big, big scoring teams. Cause they love betting. over. Listen, how fun is it? To go with your buddies to a sports book I or hang out at your pal's house and, and you're all pumped up. you got the bird, the, the food, the mushrooms. And now you're going to root for unders or negative stuff. The mushrooms. Oh, stuff mushrooms, man. This is my favorite oh, holiday for years. You don't know. Thanksgiving, you know, uh, uh, God bless my mom.
0: Wait, hold on. Before we – we're going to get to the food yeah, at the end, ahead. I promise. But the thing that you just said is interesting. This first game is at 1230. You know damn well that everybody's waking up on Thursday and they're getting ready for family and food and all that stuff, and then they go and they pull up their app, wherever they use to bet, DraftKings, whatever it is, Uh, and they're going to see all of these props, and they're going to see because it's going to pop up for them too, and they're not usually there. It sounds like I should wait until noon on Thursday, and that's when I start hammering unders. Wait until everybody gets their plump little Thanksgiving fingers pounding some overs. Wait until the last minute, and then hop on the unders. Is that not what you're telling that, me right now? I'll, Crack. I'll make, I will. I will text with you all day, and we will be in Underville.
2: I was gonna say that. I was say not only that. Make sure you text me. I'll send you the whole prop list. I'll have you in Gamblers Anonymous oh by Friday morning.
0: No, that's not what we're no, trying to do. Because I need to spend my money on Black Friday because it's time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, no, I like the strategy though, where it's, uh, be thankful for unders on Thanksgiving. We wake up and pound unders is a, is a strategy that I have not heard anywhere. And I think it might be my, But you, you
2: said one. something right though. I, I, I didn't say this. You said it, but you're right. You wait until game time for a lot of these. I don't bet props. A game starts 820. I don't bet props till eight o'clock a lot because I have to wait for the sports to keep moving the lines up because they have no choice. Everyone's coming in, betting over. So uh, if I'm betting anything over, I like to bet early in the day. If I'm betting anything under, which is 95% of my bets, I'll go right at game time.
0: Man. Okay. Um, anything else on these games on Thanksgiving or is there anything on Sunday that, I mean, I know Sunday is far. Yeah, away. No,
2: it's kind of early here. And, You know what? Even the wise guys that I know, I have friends. I'm friends with two different syndicate groups of. Not one game did they play. I mean, I know there's some Mm. there's some total action uh, that went up that I definitely agree with. Uh, um, History question.
0: History question. Dallas plays on Thursday every year for Thanksgiving. They are quote unquote America's team. Do they typically get bet more? Than, than the other well, games? Does Dallas get a lot of action?
2: I would say no. Uh, I, I would say no this year. So, I'm sorry. I would say no this year because Dallas, uh, of course, the quarterback injury and there's so many different questions on the team, but they just beat the Vikings in Minnesota. So I know. I know. Uh, this this is a... Listen, uh, everyone's shocked by that game last week. They, they lost outright. So uh, now they're playing a, a Washington team that, uh, you know, every week, give or take. I mean, listen, uh, last week, the, uh, they, they uh, the quarterback went down Burrow went down for C- for Cincinnati yeah uh, it was a back and forth game that that changed the whole complexity of the game and you got a comeback player of the year Smith I mean there's there's a lot of uh, questions on, on this game I I, I won't bet a side on this game it's three it's exactly where it's supposed to be um, I say that even mm. if I look at the game looking at right now it opened up three it looks even a little high. This game is going to be nip and tuck the whole way. But Dallas does know every year they're on TV. Now.
0: I'm so excited to bet unders on Thanksgiving. I can't I'm going to put together. I'm also going to do a three under parlay.
2: Cool. All right. So you're going to, you're going to go under on everything. Wow. Let me see.
0: Oh, is that, is that too much? Uh, under?
2: I, I'm not a parlay guy unless I know I have an edge on each of the games, but I understand, you know, you know, if you get to the okay, fine. Game, I won't. You hedge it too, so you can have both ways. Yeah
0: it's uh, the amount of DMS that I get about people asking if I like their parlays. And what I do is I just don't respond. And then after the game, when the parlay is busted, I just respond. Nah, not a fan.
2: You know, I I never talked about this ever. I I do a lot of first on your show. I get those DMS. I always make it. This is the funniest thing. And I don't mean to make fun of none of you guys out there. Trust me. I love you guys. I try to get back to every DM. I try to answer everyone on Twitter. Um, it shocks me that they know I make a living, and 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 I, I've paid taxes on six figures a year, a couple of years seven figures on sports betting wins. And it shocks me when how many people send me their plays. Hey, crack! I'm on this week. Follow me on this crack. Follow this parlay. That shocks me, but it shouldn't. Though people want a little tap on the back, you know I understand. God bless.
0: Well, me. well, have has has someone ever sent you a bunch and you're like, wow, these are all the plays that I was going to do anyway. No.
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> no no uh
0: crack sent me a, a text by the way uh ingber on sunday night when mahomes came back and uh got the win over the raiders and the one thing that crack uh was saying i knew that mahomes was going to come back okay i'm stalling right now we lost crack <laughs> we're
2: waiting i'm here sorry
0: okay cool um so ingber crack uh, me and him were texting after the game on Sunday, and here we are marveling at Patrick Mahomes, and he does it again. And Crack goes, That was so big because now all of the teasers and all of the parlays that had a Chiefs money line all hit, and that cost Vegas millions. Oh, wow. Crack, I'm, I'm curious. How much money? has Patrick Mahomes and his consistency cost Vegas these last two three years
2: you're absolutely right and especially last minute I remember earlier this season also this was I think we talked about it on the show it would have been Vegas's uh, worst week ever um, if Kansas City would have covered um, but they did win the game they were losing the whole game and they won for all the money line parlay betters and the teaser betters they either played Denver or the Chargers. When, I think early in the season,
0: Chargers is the one that they survived. They survived. And came and it back it. At the Chargers. End. It was Justin Herbert's first yes. game.
2: Everyone loves whenever Kansas City is the number one team in the NFL. To tease because they're always a eight and a half, nine and a half, seven and a half point favorite. So you tease and bounce with the key numbers now. Basic strategy I've been talking about this for twenty years now, and everyone talks about it now. Uh, the key, key yeah. numbers of seven between uh, under seven under three. So it happened but, again. But, but
0: what you but you told me about though. Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team are so used in teasers and parlays yeah. and money line parlays. How much money do you think he's costing? And eight? you know
2: I say millions. I'm going to say worldwide tens of millions because they come back in a game like that and they can't make it high enough. They can't make this team high enough favorite. Now granted, I'll tell you right now, I I probably thought that that the Raiders uh, were the better team there. I mean, Carr was – that's like the best game I've seen him play. I mean, he was unbelievable, especially in the first half. So uh, you can't make this team high enough of a favorite uh, to, to keep them from
0: – Do you think that, like, the bookmakers are the only people in America that don't like watching Patrick Boy, Williams?
2: Boy, it, it really is true, you know. I mean, they, they they must cringe every time this team comes back. And and uh, but them not losing outright also – I mean, money line, money line. Everyone throws them in the money line. No, in other words, you bet a parlay with your one or two teams. It's a free multiplier. So a, that's the word. That's the perfect buzzword. It's just a multiplier. It's almost a given. Yeah. It's like it's like going to play golf and you have the gimme at the you know ah, it's a gimme pick it up. That's exactly what Kansas City has been for for two years now. So oh. uh, you're right. It's a multiplier.
0: The Patriots were like this for a while too. Oh yeah.
2: Oh for sure. They were my nemesis because I love betting on uh, – even though I don't give them out to my guys, my crack wins guys, I love betting against the marquee teams because I live in Vegas, and I get half a point to a point against these teams. Listen, mm. the line could be 10 on Kansas City.
0: Have you been betting against Mahomes? No,
2: I actually haven't. I haven't this year. But but mm-hmm. I did bet against the season wins because they had no choice – I'm going to lose. Um, I had They had no choice <laughs> uh, but, to, but to make the line so juicy that I took under 11.5 plus 130. I mean – that's unbelievable they have to be they have to win 12 games to beat me and they're gonna beat me by the way so I wasted three grand there but um what are the
0: I, I Inger, if you could look this up too I don't know if crack's gonna have it ready but the Mahomes MVP odds uh I feel like they actually were very juicy in the first four to eight weeks because I feel like Russ was getting a lot of the votes uh but I'm curious where he is right now with MVP voting
2: let's see if I can find
0: Inger what do you got for me buddy
2: uh, Super Bowl MVP season props. No, nope, I, I don't. Oh, wow, I see the 0-16 Jets and the 16-0 Pittsburgh. Uh, Amber, did you say you got it? Yeah,
1: he's now minus 125 to win the MVP. Russell Wilson at plus 300, Aaron Rodgers at plus 500, and Kyler Murray at 1400, uh, plus
2: 1,400. plus fourteen hundred. Wow. So as long as he doesn't get hurt and things go on, yeah, he, he looks like the odds-on favorite huh, to win the MVP.
0: That means that he would have, in his first three years of playing, if this were to hold true, two MVPs, a Super Bowl MVP, and then we'll see what they do the rest of this year. That I've said it last year, and I'll say it again. If Patrick Mahomes retired today, he would be in the Hall of Fame. If he wins another MVP, he's not even 26.
2: It's unbelievable.
0: I just, th- th- I, I, there's something about that Raiders game that has people really appreciating Patrick Mahomes' greatness. I don't know what it was. There was something about that game that has people talking. Ingbert?
1: Yeah, there's something really strange that I saw on the uh, ESPN Stats and Info Twitter feed. Because as you mentioned, like Patrick Mahomes comes through again. It feels like he's done this a hundred times. This was the first go-ahead pass touchdown in the final two minutes of regulation in Patrick Mahomes' career. Wait, what? I know. I read that a hundred times. I was like, that can't possibly be true. I've
0: seen it. I've seen it 20 times already. How is that possible?
1: <laughs> it must have been with like two minutes and one second remaining, or he had like a rushing touchdown to go ahead. Or uh... I did
0: hear though that, see, that's crazy. Cause I heard there was a, a stat where he's been faced with this 10 times his career and he's nine and one. We're needing a drive with two minutes. Left. Oh, wow.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Who am I to argue with ESPN stats and information? I feel like they have the best stats ever. First, go ahead past TD in the final two minutes of regulation in Patrick Mahomes' career. This was the stat that they
0: put out. You know what? That's what it might be. Like He may have actually driven them down for a Bucker field goal. We've definitely seen that. Or you know, like a a run to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or something like that. Or a rushing Um, touchdown
1: by him. We've definitely seen him run the ball in for a winning touchdown.
0: And then for Andy Reid to come out after the game and say, field goal. I have Patrick Mahomes. Like, man. So he's the odds-on favorite. It's it's tough. He hasn't had an off week yet, but of all the guys you said there, the one that's the juiciest to me is Kyler at 1,400. Just because he really hasn't had a down week while Russell and, and Aaron Rodgers have, and you know that he's not facing inclement weather the rest of the way, and if he somehow wins the West and steals it from them, uh, he also is going to have something that Mahomes isn't, which is like he could run for a 1,000 yards, which would look really incredible too. He would be the only one that I would think about as a long shot, but man, Mahomes is special. Mahomes I just want to point special.
1: out though that when in 2018, when he won the MVP and no one even questioned that anyone would possibly take it from him from like week nine on, his numbers in many ways are better than they were in 2018. He's on pace for 4,900 passing yards. He had 5,100 in 2018. 43 touchdowns this year as opposed to 50 touchdowns in 2018. And by the way, I would rather have someone that has 43 touchdowns and four or five interceptions than what he had two years ago, 50 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. He has mm. a better QBR by five points. He has a better percentage passing by two percentage points. He'll have more rushing touchdowns and more rushing yards.
0: <sighs> He's special.
2: He's better bro. than he was in 2018. <laughs> it's like, it's unreal. That will be the best game Crack. this weekend, guys, maybe Kansas city minus three over Tampa Bay. That'll be a fun game for Sunday, uh, watching that game. So that that should be uh, very interesting. What do you? It's
0: where where do you stand, Crack? After watching, we have a little bit more time with you sure. today. Where do you stand with um, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady? This is a team that looks like a team that could be facing Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and then at the same time. He looks like he did at the end of his time in New England. Where do you? Well, stay I mean, you defense?
2: look at these. Pri- I've seen him only on a couple primetime games. I really don't watch them on the weekend that much, but the primetime games, I've seen him look deflated on the sidelines now twice. And but the last time, not not the other night, but the last time I seen him deflated, I think he came back with five touchdowns the next week. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's like any given Sunday, back and forth here, and even this line being three after he just came off this game. Um, I, I'm, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I I want to. I want to bet Kansas City minus three right away. I'm not going to, by the way. But it just almost looks almost a little too. It just like there's a game this week. It's a prime time game.
0: Uh, hold on. Just to stay. Just stay yeah. with what you're going on. The fact that Sean McVay. His game plan for the Tampa Bay Bucks was, oh, you're the best run defense in the NFL. I'm gonna have Jared Goff throw it 51 times, and I'm gonna have two receivers have 10 or more catches. And and now Andy Reid has that film on tape, and he has Patrick Mahomes, not Jared Goff. Like this Bucks team was up there in that upper echelon of defenses. But what they really realized is if you do a three-step and out. They don't have the depth in the secondary to match your weapons. I would agree with you. That three points looking really juicy.
2: Yeah, this, this should be a very interesting game. And I look for I'm actually gonna watch this game. That's one of my goals this week and I wanna see that game. I, I usually don't watch a lot of NFL on Sunday, but this You don't I don't because I'm usually uh, involved in so many it's hard to root for all the stuff, especially if you've got a lot of props on a game. Uh, it's so hard to know what you're rooting for against Yeah, you get angry. Yeah, just just get the final score, man. But I know I just talked to some guy on the phone here uh, up in New York that told me the same thing, uh, a professional bettor. He's like, I'm the only one that doesn't watch. I said, no, I'm the one too. Everyone else that bets watches mm-hmm. every game. But you know that word fishy? There's some fishy games. I'll tell you.
0: Oh, Ingber loves a well, good crack fishy line, a, baby. This is so – listen. Uh, tell me it's the Dolphins. Tell me the Dolphins are getting fishy because that would be good. This,
2: that's funny the fishy one is is i don't know if it's still your eagle team it's your old eagle team i mean it just looks like to me that five points against this this eagle team is too low for seattle i don't know
0: i can't believe you brought that up because that's the one that i'm staring at right now as i'm wearing my hurts t-shirt because i'm ready i'm ready for the next wave uh i looked at that line and i thought it was going to say ten yeah and you have the seahawks with a very long week cause they're coming off last Thursday. Uh, this is a Seahawks team that went into Philadelphia, won the divisional game and Josh McCown had to like, it was like Josh McCown squeezed every drop out of the toothpaste to even keep it close. And then, Oh, here's DK Metcalf gone. And I just, uh, I agree with you. Like there's something not right about that line because I was going to say pound the Seahawks, but it is. Fishy. I'm
2: sitting here with my friend last. Night. I don't do guessing lines when they come up. I'm sitting here with my my buddy on Sunday. It is fun though. And uh, my guessing line on that one was seven and a half. That's terrible. Five. I mean, this is it's unbelievable. Especially you know what it is. I was so pissed off at Wentz last week. I had. I had to, he had to come back for that last touchdown. I had under one and a half touchdowns, taking a bunch, taking like a dollar and they had to get that waste touchdown at the end of fourth and first down at the goal line, and get that garbage touchdown. It cost me, and oh, you know the guy played so bad the start of the game, and you know, I, and again, I was with my buddies all watching. My buddies in town all watching the game Sunday, and I had to be tortured by that game. Uh, anyway, so I just said, this team is so bad. And it's got to be a bigger line, and it's not. So I may have to get my first NFL side of the year.
0: Okay, so how about this? In the last 15 years, the Eagles and Seahawks have played nine times. This goes back to 2005. 2005. It was a game that I talked about with Ingber. There was a Monday night football game, which is the reason I do not like playing the Seahawks on Monday night, where the Seahawks in 2005. Beat the Eagles 42 to nothing. It was the Lofa Tutupu interception game. Since then, the Seahawks are 8 and 1 against the Eagles straight up. Wow. They played in January, they won 17 to 9. They played last November, they won 17 to 9. They played in 2017. So since Russell Wilson has gotten there, the Seahawks are 5 and 0 oh against the. Um, the uh, Eagles. The one game... this The Eagles didn't even beat the Seahawks in their Super Bowl year. The year where they were like unstoppable, the one game they lost in that run was the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, seemingly always owns Jim Schwartz. He just... He tries to blitz. Russ handles the blitz really well. He puts... Anytime he puts his receivers on an island, it's going deep to DK. I also think that the seahawks defense is turning a corner and i think that this is when they start attacking intelligently and not getting beaten up all the time i don't know if chris carson's back there's a lot of questions in that backfield i just find it very hard to think that the eagles are going to prove me wrong here this just feels like a russell wilson is back motherfucker Game (laughs) is what it feels like to me well
2: i'll tell you uh you said, let's go back to one thing you said. I liked it. You said Wilson's five and zero against the Eagles since he is on the team. I have to go by that. Yes. One of the most overused, and I watch so many guys that are touts and bullshitters and guys that just want to look, reaching for stats, reaching for trends. I hate when someone says, you know, this team is fourteen and one in the last fifteen games. That was 11 years ago. Like there's a total <laughs> different makeup the team has. A total different chemistry. It's a, it's a total different locker room, new coach, new everything's new. There's not one player on the team left that was there. But now that you say Wilson 5 and 0 against them, you know, you can go by that that trend. You can go by.
0: Yeah, cuz it's been that Yeah,
2: it's been that team. You, uh, you know maybe small differences but it's been he's been on the team against the Eagles so uh, I, I have to uh, tend to agree here boy people are gonna be saying man crack you, you''re you're betting Seattle and uh, I, I didn't know. bet them yet and I, I may only bet them if I see a certain situation arise
0: did that what did that line start it, out it
2: started as? at five it went up to six there's still a couple sixes in Vegas it's down to five again. Which means, by the way, when I say five... What the hell is a five? I have to go by Pinnacle's line, because Pinnacle's the one of the sharp line. Pinnacle, Chris, and, and Out Offshore, and Circa in Vegas are the three top sports books that take money. So I have to go by their lines, and, and they're the ones that are getting wide guys.
0: So they're making the Seahawks an eight-point favorite, because the game's in Philadelphia. The game's in Philly,
2: right. You want to throw the three for the home team, yeah. Um, yes, but uh, I, if anything, I'll tell you, you're making me... Now that you're saying this straight-up thing... I I may even look at the money line here, which I normally don't bet
0: I don't think you should listen. I don't think you should listen to me talk about the Eagles. <laughs> oh man. It's just but not But it's not
2: like you're going for them. You're going you're just talking about going against them. You know, when people have allegiance to a certain team. And I don't know. I think since you've done more and more with your life here, you are not you you don't you could bet against the Eagles, right? Any given week. You can bet right against them. No big deal. Your allegiance oh my is your bankroll
0: All the time. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. So uh very interesting though. Cool. I I uh
0: it is going to be a last gasp game. We talk about like what you was talking about with the Ravens earlier. That really is. It feels like Carson Wentz playing for his his starting job. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I would just say that I don't know if I trust Carson Wentz when there's more pressure on him. You know what I mean? Like I don't know that's when he performs the best. I actually think that might actually go against him. Yeah, right? but pressure
2: that's just- Monday night, prime time, bailout game for a lot of the – the DJs at home. Russell
0: Wilson on, on Monday Russell night. Wilson. Like who you trusted on Monday night? Wentz or Wilson. Come on.
2: <laughs> no, good, good stuff. Good stuff.
0: All right. So uh, before we go, uh, what is your – what is the Patrick Mahomes of Thanksgiving side dishes for – Bill yeah,
2: it's the, uh, the listen. Uh, uh, I, I you guys know my mother passed a couple of years ago, and I, I it was a big thing for me. She was a she prepared food for twenty. I said, Mom, there's only eight of us. No. Oh. Yeah, but you never know who might drop by later, so she prepared everything True. with some
0: tougher for days
2: way. for with pies and uh, and and just the, the bird. But this, the side dishes, stuffed mushrooms, I love. You know, mushrooms with a little sausage inside, breadcrumbs, seasoning. Uh, that's my probably my number one favorite. So, number two, she. You also um, we we always we were real big on antipasta. It was your first course. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna find a photo and send it to you. The the antipasto she made, I'll put up against any. You know, first of all, it's not only the antipasto; it's the ingredients where they come from. Everything's made with love. But more importantly, the bread from New York, Adios Bakery in the Bronx, the 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 the, the all the cold cuts the imported prosciutto de Parma, the mozzarella water, the tea. So would she spend all, all the, the entire the week brothers. just
0: picking these things? Would she would just pick, spend the entire week picking these things up to get ready oh, for yeah. Thursday?
2: Even though they, they moved out of the Bronx and moved to central Jersey, the, the shopping's still done in the Bronx on the weekends when you go to get this stuff.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Man. So wait, so who's cooking now? You or the wife? I got to
2: be real blunt with you. This may sound a little unfair to me, but, uh, I, I, I don't even, this is the second year in a row now. It's not, it's not, it's just not, it'll never be the same to me. So, um, hmm. but, but, but my wife is very, very fair. She's very good. She wants to do her best. Um, I don't want to make fun of her cooking here.
0: Sounds like you guys, sounds like you need like a full catering. Yeah. Is what we we like.
2: get the stuff out to eat. I mean, uh, I, I go, I get, I, she gets a honey ham company and she, she tries with the mushrooms and stuff, but nothing could be like mom made.
0: I get it. And see, and you're talking over here to David Ingber, who's like, hey, listen, tradition's cool, but I'm trying to do like some gorgonzola cheese and an acorn squash puree. (laughs) So he's an inventor and crack is like traditionalist. This is like Thanksgiving battle. Yeah.
1: I was texting with a friend of mine, like, what do you got on the menu? And he texted me. He's like, all right, we're going to start with lobster rolls. I was like, you know what? Fine. It's 2020. Eat whatever the hell you want, man. If it makes you happy, eat a lobster nope, roll on Thanksgiving. Not, not in
0: Crack's house. Not <laughs> in Crack's house. Like crack, instead of a turkey, because uh, we're cooking ourselves, I told this to David on Monday, we're actually going to do a really good chicken pot pie. Ooh. Would that fly in your house, or is that too- No, that's good. Turkey? I
2: love chicken pot pie. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, it's no, that's great. Oh, good. That's good. I'm glad that's a nice thing. It's it's almost a new, you can start a new tradition. Listen, I'm not a turkey guy. It seems like it's always dry to me. Chicken pot pie sounds better.
0: Enum and I, my fiance, have said that when quarantine is over, we want to be known as the couple that always brings a pot pie. We just think that like that couple would always be the most well-received because you're just, we just have to find like Tupperware that we could leave at people's houses. But I'm just like, man, I, who doesn't want chicken pot pie? Of
2: course, I love Brian chicken Westbrook. pot pie. I agree.
0: But yeah, Brian, Brian Westbrook doesn't like chicken pot pie or Reese's cups. He thinks chocolate and peanut butter is disgusting.
2: Thoughts? Wow, I'm, I'm a listen. I'm a peanut butter guy. I love peanut butter cookies, peanut anything with peanut butter, fluff or nutter. I mean anything. Come on. Shit, I can talk to you about this forever.
0: Okay under on thanksgiving wake up grab a coffee watch the lines go up pound some unders join me in crack it's gonna be a fun have a great
2: thanksgiving guys thank you for having me
0: you too man pleasure as always and as always make sure you download and check out the crack wins app that is bill krakenberger the k-man the crack daddy thanks crack happy thanksgiving man Crack is the best. I knew he would have scorching hot food takes. Um, His, I, we went out to eat with crack one time.
1: Oh, one of the best meals of our lives.
0: Crack is somebody that he'll point out the good things the waiter's doing. He'll, he'll really comment on the food as you're eating it, which is really, really nice. He is, uh, and he, he just constantly says out of nowhere. He'll just go, "I'm having a good time," and you're like, "I am too, Craig. <laughs> what a what a jet, what a peach he is. Uh, all right, what do you think? Are we going team under on Thanksgiving?
1: Uh, I I will join you for a three way under. If your belly is going
0: defense. over your belt, make sure your bets are going under.
1: I actually, be, I, I I am willing to make my Ingbra's loser uh, on this podcast. I was looking on the lines and I wanted to make a Thanksgiving related Ingbra's loser bet.
0: Okay. I am telling you right now that I am going to make my love like list the three unders on Thanksgiving football. I think love it's it. just more fun like that. I am going to say that my like of an under uh, is going to be, I have to look at these spreads. Uh, I think I'm going to make it Washington, Dallas. It's 46 Uh, and a half right now. Okay. So I'm going to make my list. uh, Washington, Dallas under 46. Now, now I'm actually, uh, I'm alternating. Let me say I'm abridging. I am taking the under, but I am taking whatever they are at noon on Thursday. So currently the line for Texans Lions is 51 and a half. The line for Dallas, Washington is 46. The line for Raven Steelers is 45. No matter what it is Thursday at noon, I am making my love Raven Steelers. I am making my like Texans Lions. I'm making my list, Washington, Dallas and the under I am. I am afraid of, uh, Texans lions getting high scoring, but not that afraid. And I thought of one more thing, but before we get to your bet, mm if last week, cause I know I took over 27 and a half a team total for the Steelers. Cause I didn't think the Jaguars could get there and the Steelers finished with 27, 27. I, re- I realized my fault. My fault is that if I think one team can't get there, bet that team's team total under not the other team scoring all the points. You idiot. That's what I should have realized. And that, and so that's, I fixed myself from now on.
1: Yeah, if you had the Jaguars team under, you felt good about that after like three plays. <laughs> you were like, they're not getting to double digits.
0: Believe me, I, it's unbelievable. Okay, so what are you going to make your double loser? Uh,
1: this one, as you know, I'm still quote unquote undefeated that I haven't made a single winning bet this year, which has been the goal.
0: This Shout week, out to that one guy uh, fading you every week.
1: Yeah, I have one guy that's placing these bets because he thinks that one of them is going to hit. And actually he had a funny twist for next week for next year. If we do this uh, week one, I do like a bet at plus 1700 then the next week plus 1600. So the bets get harder and harder. I
0: like that. That's really good.
1: So yeah, I'm going to try to keep it at 10 to one or under for the rest of the season. This is a, a, exactly plus a thousand Ravens and Steelers go into overtime on Thanksgiving.
0: And so you're betting that they do go into overtime.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be an Ingber's loser. I'm pretty sure that that, yeah, I can
0: Thursday fail. night football. 8:20 kickoff at Heinz Field. Everybody says you root for free football. Well, now free football means lost wages for David Ingber. It's all on the line. Thanksgiving treat. Couldn't be more excited. Crack Daddy, thank you. You are the man for David Ingber.
1: It's great to go around the table on Thanksgiving and talk about all the things you're thankful for, but don't be afraid to go around the table and say all the things that have been driving you crazy this year. It's been an insane year. It might be as cathartic for you as it will be for me. My wife and I decided we're going to name all the things that have been horrible this year, and that's a good thing. Get them out in the open. Don't keep them inside.
0: You're going to do an airing of grievances?
1: (laughs) We are. We're going to go full Frank Costanza.
0: If you're... Wrestling Lucy under a metal pole. <laughs> With an aluminum pole. Right yeah. All right, guys. Uh, good luck out there. Hope your teams are doing great. As always, slide in the DMs at Lefkoe Show, at Adam Lefco. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you to all of our staff that helps do this show every single week. I hope they have an amazing Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone out there, Feels happy. Love you guys. Peace. Bye.